Welcome back to another episode of Across State Lines. My name is Rebecca and I am your host. And this week we interview my friend Hunter. Hunter is from Oregon, so we're gonna chat all about Oregon. I think it's super thorough. I'm really excited about it. Hunter and I are old friends. We met back in 2015. We were in the same training trip when we became tour guides. So another guide friend. Uh, Hunter's super knowledgeable. I was smiling the whole time. I was editing this podcast. Uh, During COVID-19, I have learned a new skill. I've learned how to record, how to edit, and how to publish my own podcast. My brother Noah taught me everything I know, um, but it's really exciting that I can do this independently now. And I want to know if you guys have learned any new skills during COVID. If you have picked up a new hobby or you're trying a new craft or whatever you're doing, please follow us on Instagram at Across State Lines and leave a comment about your new skill. I'd love to hear. Please like, subscribe, rate five stars. If you get a chance, uh, please tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your brother, tell your cousin, anybody who enjoys travel. uh, I'd really appreciate it if you would help me spread the word about my podcast. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Across State Lines. I am super excited because today I have one of my dear friends on the show. Today we're going to have my buddy Hunter. Say hi. Hey, Rebecca. How are you doing? Good. Hunter is a pro. He's been on a few other podcasts, so I'm really excited to have him as a guest. And today we're going to be talking about Oregon. And uh, lucky for me, I've been to Oregon a few times, and I've also been to Hunter's childhood home. Is that where you grew up in that house? Um, yeah. So I that's that would that's what I would call my childhood home. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you just start off by telling our listeners like your connection with Oregon and just like yeah, how you relate to the state and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm born and raised in in uh, Bend, Oregon, so the very center of the state. Some people like to refer to that as Eastern Oregon, but I kind of decline that because Eastern Oregon is basically all desert and there's no one that really lives out there. So I like to associate myself with a place that exists on a map that I can recognize. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm born and raised Bend, Oregon. Um, I went to the University of Oregon for college um, one of the two major state schools in Oregon. Um, so yeah, I spent basically the first 23 years of my life solely in Oregon. And now I live in California, Yeah, but just really deeply rooted in that area. My, my mom grew up there. My grandpa has lived there. His basically his whole life moved around a little bit, but, uh, for the most part of his life has lived in Oregon. So That's a pretty big deal because I am a West Coast person. I grew up on the West Coast, but both my parents are from the East Coast and a lot of my friends. And it's very, very seldom you'll meet someone with like grandparents from the West Coast. So your grandfather grew up on the West Coast in Oregon and then your mom her whole life and then you as well. So that's like third generation. That's like deep. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. My grandpa, he he actually was born in China. My great grandfather was a diplomat, but they, when they moved back, they moved back to Oregon. And, and my great grandfather was actually like, um, you know, 
part of the University of Oregon, like a professor there and has some kind of ties um, there. And then my grandfather was a forest ranger in Oregon and moved around the state doing that, moving my mom and her five brothers around the state for uh, for that. So nice. Um, yeah, just a lot of Oregon in my family. My Most of my uncles went to uh, Oregon State University. So the rival college of where I went to school. And so we talk a little bit of shit about that, which is nice. Wait, tell me the distinction again. What are the two big universities? So University of Oregon is uh, the Oregon Ducks over in yes. Eugene. And then literally like an hour, maybe, um, I think it's north, is uh, Oregon State University, which is the Beavers. Okay. So there are two major state schools. They and- have almost the same name, like really close. University right? of Oregon and Oregon State University, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. super close. U of O or OSU is the like abbreviation of it. Yeah, we don't have any. We don't have any athletic teams in the state, like any professional yes. sports teams. So everybody really ties themselves to one of those schools. Yeah. Um, and so I've always been a duck, and the rest of my family uh, has mostly been beavers. Wow. So was that a big deal when you cut your cut away from your family to do your own thing or did not did no one really care? Um, no one no one really cares. It's okay. the, the, the schools offer different things too, right? So Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But it's funny because a lot of people in Oregon, since there are only the two, will kind of root for both because they're just like, as long as an Oregon school does well, but Right. Yeah, they'll they'll Oregon, get on the bandwagon when it goes national. That's cool. Yeah, but people like me, I'm like solely gonna root for the ducks, so I, I do talk a lot of shit to. to but that's one of your favorite activities is talking shit. So yeah, yeah. so that <laughs> just like find any avenue to do that. One of the only college football games. It might have been the only college football game I ever went to. Like, I mean, I guess that's not true. I went to my own. My school did not have a very good football team ever, and so I did go to a, a ducks game when I was in college and we drove up there and cause I went to school at Humboldt. So it was like, I don't know, maybe a four hour drive or something. And it was super fun. Like I had, like, I remember specifically they put like a kid on a platform, like on a piece of like a board. And then the cheerleaders like held him up. So he was like on a man-made stage, I guess, to like rile up the crowd. Like I had never seen stuff like that before. Yeah. Like real, like cheerleaders, real football team. And everyone was pretty wasted it was pretty fun yeah people get really wild for it i i love our game days and like Autzen stadium's a beautiful stadium it's huge um people just get really into it because yeah like i said there's not a lot of other sports to to follow up in oregon so even just people from my hometown will just Mm -hmm. drive out two hours every time there's a game just to like go to Autzen stadium for the game and um, they really just hype up the team a lot. It's it's a super cool experience. Really good energy there. Yeah. And even in the in the rain, like shitty weather will be going on, and people just are out there getting blasted and um, rooting for the Ducks. Yeah, it's a good time. And how many games a season would be home games? Usually, I'm not really good at. I don't really keep up with that. Oh my god, it's been so long, and it's kind of depressing too because here I am like hyping it up, but I don't really watch college football as much in my like current life. Just because going to the games is just such a different energy. But I yeah. think there's maybe like six or seven, maybe. Yeah. 
yeah, there might be a little cool. bit. Cool. And when you were a student, did they ever do really well one of the years that you were a student? Yeah, it was it was really good because traditionally they hadn't done that well, but all four years that I went to school there, they were an incredible team. And yeah. And then after that they had a little bit of a a cold streak, but the whole time that I was going to school there, they were going to national championships Ooh. and the Rose Bowl. Um, oh, wow. Or just having really competitive matches against, you know, really good teams. Um, so Did you ever travel really, to go see them anywhere else? Yeah, I went down to the Rose Bowl uh, a couple times. And then mm-hmm. um, and then we would always go to Cal. So I'm, I'm here in San Francisco now. So we'd spend a lot of time in, in Berkeley going to those games. Or yeah. Washington was, was an easy one, too. So, yeah, I traveled all the time to see them. Would you drive all the way down to Berkeley from Oregon? Yeah, yeah, we would yeah. drive. We would drive for a weekend. So <laughs> leave leave on Friday and then just like rage, you know, book it back up on Sunday. Uh, yeah, and then go to class on Monday for whoever who had class. So yeah, yeah, pretty. <laughs> pretty you know how to show deal. up. You know how to show up. I've been talking to a few different interviews that kind of showed like in your youth you travel far distances to party and then you have to make it back and be responsible but we did it you know we all graduated yeah, we all showed up for our jobs or whatever we had to do yeah it's a good life lesson um good. all right cool so anything else about the ducks and like going to school um what would you guys do for fun i guess like basically also in high school too let's talk more about high school i guess so how big was your high school and did you have the stereotypical high school experiences like prom and homecoming and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We had all of that. My, my graduating class was, I think it was four, four thirty, four hundred thirty people. Oh, that's pretty big. And then, um, yeah. And the interesting thing was that every single year it would be a larger freshman class coming in. Wow. And, um, and I actually went to school in a town called Redmond North of Bend and, they had one high school and they refused to like, they would never pass to open a new high school the mm. whole time I was there, but it was always a part of the ballot. Yeah. And so we were just like flooded with students. We had like, I think 34 students in a classroom and mm. just yeah. a lot of people. And uh, they finally got a new high school a few years after I graduated. But the rumor was that they wouldn't pass the new school because they, um, they liked our sports teams being really good. Yeah. Because all the talent went to one place. Yeah. So we had really competitive sports teams. I was on the soccer team. We were actually pretty trashed the, <laughs> the year that I was, um, like, my senior year. We were awful. But oh. our football team was usually really good, um, basketball team. And then, yeah, all the normal stuff, prom. Our dances were just kind of, like, weird back then, though, I guess. Yeah. We would do no, funny things like run out limos or – um, because people like to party a lot in that area too. We'd always rent out like condos or. Yeah. This is what brothers. I want to talk about because yeah. you were very organized. Like my high school days, there was like one house that we could go to and party pretty much in the garage. But you told me that you guys were so organized. You would rent out entire houses. Yeah. We would rent out condos. I, I grew up on a resort. So there was like a bunch of condos or houses there that you could rent out and Usually but wasn't have- weren't they like on to you though that a bunch of high school kids were doing this, but they like allowed it. It was cool. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> deal is because I would always just pitch in for it, but I think it was usually someone's older brother or 
you know, it happened to be that in in some instances, some people had just really relaxed parents and they would kind of not really care. Even when we would have parties at, at houses, they'd yeah. sometimes be there. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, totally different time. But we were pretty organized. We'd do like limos t- to the dances. Yeah. And hopefully my principal is not listening, but sometimes people would be consuming in the limo and then go to the dance and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know get a ride back to the, the condo or whatever we had rented out the house or whatever. It's responsible. At least it's good. Yeah. Um, kind of so, responsible. You know, <laughs> as I remember, responsible as a 16 year old can be right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember you also saying one time that like the normal city police weren't allowed in the resort area where you and your friends all lived. Was that true? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, so this is actually a very unique story to myself because yeah. um, it was a New Year's party and they actually, the police came out and they, they busted up the party and gave everyone MIPs and, yeah, which is a minor in possession for anyone who lives outside of Oregon. I think that Oregon, though, that like exists more than most other states. Yeah, 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 um, it does. Yeah. But, um, so I got a minor in possession and... And I really decided that I was going to um, to contest it just because at that point there was a law that you would lose your license if you were caught guilty of a MIP. Mm-hmm. And so I contested it just because I wanted to keep my license for the rest of my senior year. Yeah. And I knew yeah. That the court date would just take a little bit longer. And so I go in with my no- non-guilty plea and um, and the judge looks at everything and yeah, because it was on the resort that I lived on, the cop that wrote me my MIP actually had no jurisdiction there, and uh, and so they, I, I didn't get in any trouble, which is really right. funny. Hopefully, like no teenagers are listening to this and getting any like really hot ideas on how to, <laughs> you know, like evade the police or whatever. But it worked out for me at least. Um, I remember uh, that same weekend that I went to a Ducks game. Uh, just like the vibe about getting these uh, minor in possession, it was like really, really high. Like everyone was really scared of the police. And so yeah. I was at a party and a, and it was like a backyard party or just a house party or something like this. We're in college, mind you. And someone like makes an announcement that the police are there. And so everybody starts like flooding into the backyard and then um one kid is like trying to climb over the fence and as he was climbing over the fence his feet like kicked out from under him and he like kicked out a board of the fence so now there's a hole in the fence and then like the entire party like a hundred kids just like rushed through this hole in the fence like like watered down a drain and like just like fled and like yeah and i just like walked out the front and started walking down the street and uh like my friends i guess who are with me like picked me up and like but yeah everyone was like super scared to get tickets cuz i guess you get in trouble at school yeah you get in trouble at school you would have to you wouldn't be able to play any sports for like a, a term or a quarter or whatever but it was really interesting cuz especially at the university of oregon more people ended up having yeah MIPs than people who didn't so it's just yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. A hilarious kind of like, yeah, thing that we do there. Almost um, like a rite of passage. Like everybody just ends up with one eventually. Yeah, no, I got two before I went to college and then I didn't get any in college. But then all of my out-of-state friends were getting them. And yeah. it's just kind of dumb. You do like some community service. I had to, yeah. you have to go to like a class to 
talk about like your drinking problem, but then you're <laughs> you're 18, so. Oh, I have a funny. I got one about that. So same thing with us. We all got in trouble one night in the dorms, and nothing legal. But like we had to go to one of those classes, and we're all sitting in a table, like a round table, and half of half of the table is like my friends, like girls I know from the dorms, and then the other half of the table is like dudes that we kind of know from parties, but not really. Like I wouldn't say we're friends with them. And the guy, the teacher of the class, he's like, just probably like an older student. I don't even know what the situation was. He's like, does anyone know a friend that is really shy, maybe at school or in class, but then like at a party, they become like the life of the party and, and really like get everyone going. And the whole table turns and looks right at my friend Megan. Like everybody, oh. like you can hear it. Like everyone, just like people who know her, people who don't know her. And Megan like turned like bright red. It was perfect. It was so great. But yeah, we had to do that too. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Okay, cool. So, so high school, you're a pretty social guy. Did you win any prom kings or anything like that, Hunter? No, I never, I never won any of the awards or anything like that. We also had something at our high school. I don't know if this is true for you, but we had this thing called Mr. RHS, and it was like a male beauty pageant. Did no. You that? <laughs> no. Yeah. That was like the one thing that I was like, oh, I'd love to be a part of that. And then you have to get nominated by the teachers. And so I was like, okay, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, um, and so basically it's a male beauty pageant to raise money for premature babies. And, um, and so what? they... Yeah, they have a, um, they have like a video part of it, a talent part of it, and then like I don't know, I guess you wear like a tux or something. I don't really remember to be honest, but yeah, like this whole performance. So I would always like work with my friends on their, um, their part of it, right? Because I mm-hmm. I was in the video class and I did like some multimedia stuff, so I'd help them with their videos or um, work with them on their stuff because nice. I was never uh, academic. Nominated by the teachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so you're from Bend. Bend is this really, really beautiful town. And I'm sure that there's, if anyone from Bend hears this podcast, they'll probably be upset that we're like hyping it up because it's definitely a place where people are stoked that they found it and they don't necessarily want people moving there. True or false? Yeah, that's true. I, I listened to your um your podcast with Chris about Washington, and it, it's really similar in terms of, like, people trying to keep it more local vibe. Um, yeah. Especially in recent years, too, because, I mean, as I said before, I moved to California, so I feel a little bit, like, mixed because all the, like, everybody that I grew up with lives in Bend still, and so I go there and it feels like home, but then I'm like, oh, I'm slightly an intruder now, cool, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because they just have, you know, a different, like, persona of Californians coming up here and taking over the space. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, just them buying houses and the housing market yeah. going up. And it becomes yeah, I mean, and, yeah. I mean, California is more expensive than Oregon. People move to Oregon to save money and then the prices go up in Oregon because there's people with money and it yeah. ruins everything for everybody. It's annoying. It's, um, I get it. It's hilarious to look at it from, you know, this perspective that I have, though, because people in Penn are always bitching to me and they're like, oh, all these people coming and moving up here and they're making traffic so bad. And I'm like, well, how how bad is it? And they're like, well, it takes me um, 10 minutes to go from one side of the town to the other side. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, 
Oh my <laughs> god. Especially Shush. when I lived in LA for a little bit, I was like, dude, I spend you know an hour. An hour. Two two hours of my life every day in my car. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously those are two different extremes, but it's basically Much. Yeah. yeah. It's just really funny. And I mean I totally get it because people want to keep their, you know, their unique space all to themselves. So um, right. if you're thinking about moving to Oregon, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh you when we were in Bend together, you took me to like this like Vista point. And I had been there before, I remember. And then going forward, after you showed me that spot, I, like, took my my guest when I led tours through Bend. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, like, kind of a little mountain peak. It's, like, a spiral road to get to the top, and then you get all the views of all the mountains. Yeah, you're talking about Pilot Butte. So it's it's just right in the middle of, of Bend. It's Yeah, it's a butte. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And so what do you, like, tell us a little bit about the surrounding area and the mountain ranges that you get to see when you're from, like, when you're looking out and, like, and how do people recreate on those mountains? Are some of them more popular than others and things like that? Yeah, so when you're looking out there, uh, you have the Cascade Mountain Range, and then there's some really incredible lakes, like, right at the base of of all of those. Um, my brother actually got married at one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think of what the name of that lake was. I think it was like uh, I don't know I'll, I'll have to follow up with that but that's right you got married at one of them and it was great because there's so many lakes like... you can't even remember which one it was basically that's what you're saying yeah well I mean <laughs> there's just so many great ones and and in recreation wise people are always going out on kayaks or in canoes and just kind of like put- puddling around those or hanging out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. so yeah love love that part and then the mountain ranges, uh, the ones that you can see from from there, you can see Broken Top um, and then the Three Sisters. And people climb all all four of those. I've been up South Sister, which is a really good one. You can do it in like a day hike. Um, yeah. There's a glacier lake halfway up there. And Ooh. I've seen people bring up like floaties and hang out on this glacial lake halfway through their hike. Mm-hmm. Um you can do you can do you know a day camping and then and then finish the hike or, or however you want to do it. Um, that's same with Broken Top. People camp and hang out on Broken Top too. Um, so would you say that most people in Bend and Oregon in general kind of have like all their gear? Like would like does pretty much everybody enjoy that? Is that the culture? Like, hey, you want to go on a hike and it would only take them like a few hours to get all their stuff together and be able to hit the mountain? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean like in terms of hiking, people just kind of go up there whenever it's it doesn't yeah. nobody has like unique gear for it i guess okay i okay. mean south sister maybe in the winter you'd need you know crampons or anything like that mm-hmm. but i mean i went up there one morning just on my own because all my mm-hmm. friends were hung over i was so frustrated <laughs> i was like i'd been planning with them to go up there i was like let's do it and then i mm-hmm. uh, and then my family has like a condo that's closer to it, so I stayed there for the night because no one stays there. Yeah, and I was like, well, "Get up early, and we're gonna go." And then I get up early, and literally no one answers their phone because oh. you know, people do like to party there a lot. That's what. Yeah. That's what and then, uh, and so I was just like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna do it myself." And so I think that that's kind of a little it's bit of doable. thing about it too is that people people go and do outdoorsy things on their own a lot of the time too yeah it's never like this oh let me wait for my crew or let me see what everyone else is doing and that's really what i see in california a lot is people like hesitate well, 
who am I going to go with on this? Like who's doing what? And in Oregon, people just kind of get after it, whether or not they have a group for it. Mount Bachelor is right by there too. That's, you know, like one of the hottest spots of Bend, like our mountain. In my opinion, it's the best mountain in Oregon, just because being at the elevation we're at, we have much better snow than Mount Hood, even though they have like higher elevation or they're open longer. Mm -hmm. We get like fluffier, powdery snow. Our Mm -hmm. runs are really long. Um, I like that. I like the long run. And then in a good season, we've had, you know, like snowboarding, skiing on the 4th of July too. So it can last a really long time. Nice. But yeah, I'm obsessed with that mountain. Every time I would go home for even just like a winter, I would just get a season pass and just make laps around the mountain on my own if no one else was around and you know just you know do that whole thing which which was huge that's probably the biggest thing that people do and i have it i have written down the cascade scenic byway is that the road that you would take to get out there it just came up it it just came up as a by i just like a good byway so i just thought that was really cool just like nice beautiful scenic windy like beautiful train to watch out the window as you're driving up there. I'm sure. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, all the drives you can do in Oregon for the most part are really, really gorgeous. Nice. Um, even the even when I would go from, from, uh, from like central Oregon out to Eugene during when I was in school, it's a two hour drive, but it's just so green and you're just basically just going through the forest the whole time. Yeah. You really run into a whole lot of cities out there and there's not, yeah, yeah I mean, it's like industry. The cities down. are kind of like islands in Oregon, I feel like. Like, there's there's a lot of open space. It's pretty much, there's, I mean, the ones I can recall are like Eugene, Portland, Bend are like the major ones. And then Astoria, like Ashland, Medford. I mean, do these even come up on your radar? Or is there kind of, it's kind of limited when it comes to like city life. I mean, you don't have that many choices, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, Eugene is the second biggest city in Oregon after Portland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really just a college town, honestly. So yeah. other than Portland, you're not really looking at any real cities, right? Totally. And yeah. yeah, Bend is great. And it's a really incredible community. But honestly, whenever I go there, I'm just like, I'm living, I'm hanging out at vacation land right now. Because most of the time people are there just to check out the breweries. They're there to go to the mountain. They're there to do like recreational stuff. Yeah, it's never like this city feel where it's like people are stressed about things or they're like, (laughs) "There's no get my work done." There's no hustle and bustle. It's pretty relaxed, I'm guessing. And are there a lot of tourism? Like, is there a huge tourism industry there? I'm guessing there is. Like, people coming to recreate and then leave, or is the is all these activities really for locals or both? Um. Yeah, no, locals definitely take advantage of everything. I think that that's part of the reason why, right? Like, so a mm-hmm. lot of locals are previous tourists who just loved the area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our tourism industry, it's it's massive in Bend during the summer. Um, okay. I think that most of their, most of the businesses, especially in the downtown area, actually make their income for the year due to tourism. So in, in years like this, where mm-hmm. that's all shut down, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people are hurting up there right now. And a lot of people that I know um, who live there still are uh, working within the service industry and um, yeah. working in those industries. So 
that's a big part you know, outside of, it. of outside of tourism uh it's it, there's not a whole lot of industry up there there's a few companies that exist i have some friends who work in city politics but job wise there's not um there's not much outside of like tourism there's no tech boom or anything going on no it's 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 so chill though it's like so relaxed and people who are you know trying to do stuff as artists there's a lot of really cool artists that, mm-hmm. that live up there um mm-hmm. we've had some good writers or just people who um yeah yeah just like a slow a slower lifestyle but still love you know getting outside and and, and doing whatever they want to do yeah and i imagine you mentioned your grandfather i imagine forestry and like lumber is still a big part of oregon's economy as well yeah, it is. Um, I'm not really sure where it is, though, to be honest, because <laughs> Bend used to be a huge lumber town, and that was, like, the thing that it was, you know, it wasn't anything other than that. Right. And it was way smaller, and then, um, and we have our downtown, but then we have, like, a subset of that that's called the Old Mill, because it literally used to be an old, like, lumber yard. Yeah. And now it's a, like... Shopping center, right? space, and there's an amphitheater there. Oh, yeah. There's just a bunch of cool things there, but it's built around, and some of the old buildings are old lumber yards. So our REI is in an old building that used to be, like, from that era, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, very cool. So did you get to explore the parks and everything? Like, do you have memories of a kid going to places like Crater Lake or like going down the Columbia river or things like that? Or were you pretty much just staying right in your backyard? Yeah. So I do remember going to Crater Lake a a bit more when I was a kid. Um, my parents would take us down there. Can you describe it? Tell, tell our listeners what it is because some people might not know. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's a volcanic, uh, lake. Basically, what happened was this volcano erupted and like basically its whole insides came out and then um, (laughs) and then it like fell around the top of it. Mm -hmm. And do you you know, do you know? (laughs) No, you're doing it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just (laughs) words you're choosing are funny. Um, It just imploded, basically, like it erupted, like you said, it like erupted and then it like fell in on itself. I know, I should be way better at describing something like this, but I haven't really thought about it in a while. Well, and I also think they don't really know. I think that's just, like, a scientific guess. Like, they're not exactly sure what happened. But it is, it's not a crater from outer space. It's that, they know that. It's not like a meteorite that hit the Earth. It's the, it's some sort of earthly event that happened and created this giant puddle. It's not fed by rivers. It's just, like, a puddle, basically. Yeah. And it's but super it deep. But it's the biggest, um, the biggest mountain in Oregon. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's wild. Mount Mazama. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, very cool. But it's gorgeous, and I've actually never been down to the water because every time I go, it's either like way too cold and snowy, or yeah, pretty much that. And the trails to go down into the water are closed. You can go swimming in there, right? Have you been down to the water? Yeah, so that's all my memories of going there as a kid was our my mom and her friends like taking us as kids like down to and like going swimming in the water and like mm-hmm. I don't know there'd be like little like logs and shit floating around that we would like hang out on or yeah um, it's yeah, very beautiful like it's blue 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 water it's really really nice yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous 
Yeah. I haven't been back in a while uh, to, to see that because it's really interesting too, because it's, yeah, it's basically in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's south of Bend. Bend is the closest major city to it. But other than that, it's really just like small towns and you, it's very out of the way. It, you have to make an effort to go there. It's not in passing. You yeah. have to. You have to draw. You you have the intention to go to it. Um, but it's very nice, and they have a nice rim trail. Like what I've done because I wasn't able to go down to the water. Is there's like cool trail that goes around the outside of, it and you're like high up. You're like above, way above the water line. Yeah. There are a lot of really beautiful waterfalls in Oregon, right? I mean, you hear about them, but what are some of the good ones? Um, yeah, so people are pretty, pretty into Multnomah Falls just because that's kind of the postcard of Oregon. That's the um, one with like the little itty bitty bridge going across. Yeah. Everyone stands on like it. Rivendale from, uh, Lord of the Rings. People are uh-huh. really into that. That's a huge tourist spot, but it, it, it's beautiful and you can kind of hike up and around it. Um, okay. Can you, you hike know, to the top? Uh, I don't think that you can hike up to the top, but there's, because a lot of people will just kind of go to the bridge point, but there's like further points that you can hike up around to on that. Mm-hmm. But then uh, that's along the Columbia River Gorge. And so there's tons of waterfalls just like all up in the Columbia River Gorge, the Oregon side of that too. So another one is Spud Bowl, um, which that's a huge, like massive waterfall. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Wider, then, like a wide one. Yeah, pretty wide. Um, that's the area that, uh, that's like near the area where that huge fire happened. Um, okay. Did you hear about that? Like some kid was lighting off fireworks. I, maybe I just heard about it because there was like all my Oregon fam were just losing their minds because wow. this massive fire happened in the gorge. Um, but then I went back and I listened to a podcast and they were like, look, these fires happen and yeah. You know, it's good for the forest for that to happen, but um, no, it's scary. People like I mean, crucify him because yeah, it's it like burned well, down a really beautiful we were, part of it. We were talking about yeah. this year and how um, like like everything that's going on now is shitty, but all, like for a school for a student, for example, the beginning of the school year in the fall in California. Because of PG&E and the fear of fire and the wind, they were shutting the power off for, like, a week at a time, which yeah. is the same school year. So, like, you started your school year with, like, the PG&E company literally turning off the electricity, and then you ended your school year with, like, no school. It's just, like, the yeah. worst school year ever. But it's serious. I mean, that's the thing about those fires is when they catch, they can be really devastating. Yeah, but yeah. Definitely. So that fire yeah. you're talking about took out houses and stuff? Um, I, I don't think it like damaged anybody's houses. I think that it was more just the landscape that it, it burned up. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is not good for tourism. No one wants to see like a burnt burnt forest when they go on vacation. Yeah, well, I think that people were just worried about like it actually coming back and like, you know, growing back. Um, mm-hmm. And that it was started like a man-made fire versus, you know, yeah. like a wildfire. Yeah, but a lot of those areas, I think, were kind of primed to burn at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's been a while. Yeah, the the pictures I think were pretty alarming for people to see too, just because it's like that's the gorge and it's just completely, you know, burning up such a huge space of it. But yeah, um, yeah, there there are gorgeous waterfalls all around there, though. 
I we had a few near where I was uh, where I grew up, like a lot actually. We have Tumlo Falls, which is a good hike that you can go to, and then we had this place called Steelhead Falls, which was a waterfall that you hiked into, and then like a like a mile or two into just backcountry, and then uh-huh. we would do cliff jumping and swimming around there, which that was. That you you would just spend the whole day there. It was that was like a staple of my high school. It's just going to Steelhead Falls and just jumping into the water and fucking that around. So with fun. Yeah. It was, when you got there, would there be a bunch of other people there too? Or would it mostly just be your friends? Um. So other people would go, but yeah, really, really, it, it didn't matter. People from our high school or people that I knew, really. Yeah. And then yeah, just spend all day jumping in and and. There was another one that we, that was called Odin Falls, and it was actually a part of someone's property. Yeah, and so we spent a lot of time going there too until they were like, you Enough. know, you all are trespassing, right? <laughs> yeah. Because imagine, you know, like someone could get hurt or something, and then it's totally, like, uh, yeah, dude, what you were not supposed to be here. But <laughs> I feel like that's a trend of just growing up in Oregon is just being on other people's property and low key trespassing all the time. Which is funny, too, because, like, every time I go there, people are so territorial about their property, and they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Like, if you go up to someone's, like, door, or even I've had this instance where I'm, like, turning around in someone's driveway to, like, go a different way. Yes, yes. The wrong way. And they'll come outside and be like, what are you doing here? (laughs) I think I do remember driving in Oregon, and on the side of the road, I would see way more no trespassing signs than anywhere else. Like shot, like, like the, you will be shot on site, like signs like that. There's like that's like an Oregonism is, you know, you're trespassing. <laughs> like me and my dad have gotten that because, yeah, we we live like in like an area where there's a lot of wilderness. So my dad will yeah. be like, "Hey, let's walk around and see if we can get any um elk horns because elks just like shed them their horns." And yeah. so, you know, he and I are just like talking shit, walking through the woods. And someone will come up to us and be like, you know, this is private property, right? <laughs> and we'll wild. be like, yeah, dude. And we like, what, what are we going to do? You know, yeah. what, what do you, what do you care? Yeah. It's but, open land. So a lot of, a lot of Oregon is privately owned. Yeah. Or people just like to be super territorial, which is funny because like anytime outside of that, people are super friendly and, you know, mm-hmm. and Oregon is just like overly right. polite, but yeah. yeah, if you walk on their property, you know, you're trusting. No, no. So, yeah. uh, are there a lot of, uh, cool like festivals and street markets and stuff like that in Oregon? Like how do people kind of celebrate, how do people celebrate? How do they enjoy each other's company when there's not a coronavirus going on? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of festivals uh, throughout Oregon. I think that every city has its own like beer fest, and then mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deal because the the breweries around there are just insane. There's so many in Oregon yeah. in general, and people get real hyped on on drinking culture, especially when it comes to like craft beer. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those Bend specifically has a lot of like we have Winterfest or we have the Bite of Bend or we, we just have festivals all the time. We have um, First Friday and that's like an art hop, but literally every local business has a keg that you can just like get into. You don't even have to pay. To pay. You can just like get into their keg. Yes. I'll just remind you, she worked in the um, 
Birkenstock store. This is a very Oregon story now just because of that. But yes. Um, but she would always just host a party at at Birkenstocks during first Friday and then we'd jump over and like go have more drinks at Patagonia and then just yeah. I love it. Um, That's super but fun. But the drinking is just constant too where people are just, you know, obviously yeah. very lit on that. Beer. Uh, I think Portland's similar. I haven't experienced it as much up there but i know they have great like saturday markets and all of that well i know that they've in portland they've got rogue brewery which is one of my favorite beers dead guy dead guy ale and we would we would go there and drink like just everyone order their own pitcher pretty much it was super fun um brewery scene is insane like yeah just jumping around to different breweries is honestly a great way to to spend a day yeah it's very cash in oregon yeah you see that reflected in a lot of places I like. Like, you'll see – or Asheville, North Carolina has, like, a bunch of breweries now. And then, like, kind of, like, some places in Northern California have a bunch of breweries. Like, that's such an – it's more of a relaxed vibe than wine tasting or hopping around from wine vineyard to wine vineyard. Like, there's just something more inviting and casual about beer and about breweries in general. So yeah. For me, it's more fun. Less yeah. hoity-toity. What, for my brothers um, – my brothers – kind of quote bachelor party he didn't really Mm -hmm. have one we it was like a bachelor bachelorette party just all the siblings in the in the wedding party all just got the party together (laughs) but um they did a cycle pub through throughout Mm -hmm. bend and we would just bike on the same Mm -hmm. bike to all these different breweries it was just such an epic way to spend the day and all of them have their own like unique thing where they have outdoor areas or places to play games or the ones that don't, they still have like really different, you know, indoor spaces. Um, it's a lot yeah, of culture. It's, all... it's like very, it's got a similar vibe, but each one has like their own cool art up on the wall or cool photographs from how they retrofitted their warehouse or like all different cool things to get involved in. A lot of games. So they're, they're giving you tours and getting like real nerdy about the science. Yeah. I think I brought you to, uh, yeah, you, you came on the tour at Deschutes Brewery. Yes, um, we did that. And they do tastings there, too. Um, um, one of my favorites is that all of the different breweries, they all basically take a different night of the week to do locals oh, night. So they're organized. So the cheat is, is that, like, you don't have to be a local to, like, get locals night rates, right? <laughs> you just have to like, show up. You, you, just, you just have to know where the place is to go. Um, yeah. So for all you Californians who are going to, you know, take Flood a in there. Um, but... It's you're you're basically getting a, an incredible beer for like three dollars. The, the, the prices are just insane, and then everyone's there too. So you're just running into a bunch of people you know. It's um, so I do. I have a picture in my mind of what the outfit is, but what do you, what do girls and guys wear? Like, what's the? Because you mentioned Birkenstock and Patagonia. Is that like kind of the uniform? Are there like, like in some in some places there's like everyone wears the same shoes. Everyone's pretty much got like the same hoodie or whatever. Like, is there a kind of a uniform for Bend, Oregon? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of different, right? Because Bend, Bend and Portland and those places are a little bit less country but the rest of the state is you know like super country so yeah don't be surprised if you see people wearing like wranglers and and boots mm-hmm. and um mm. you know all, and and chew tobacco and all that <laughs> wearing yeah. tobacco uh but um so like there's a lot of really country people in bend 
yeah when i think about it it's it's like kind of like a ski vibe type of stuff like a lot of shredders um Mm -hmm. patagonia's you know like what a lot of the girls wear you know yeah a brand there people wear raincoats but ben doesn't really there's not a whole lot of rain in bend um yeah which is surprising to people because they think of it as such a rainy state but it's just the altitude so it gets more snow than rain totally but yeah i just think of it more like like skier snowboarder kind of vibes like if you were to if you were to pull people out of like a ski lodge or something mm-hmm. um, people even That's wear their wearing. jackets out a lot mm-hmm. of, or a lot of um beanies that kind of stuff too and what about uh we mentioned beer a lot is there are there any food dishes that are unique to Oregon? I can't really think of any. I don't know if any are unique. Um, Voodoo Donuts is huge in terms of like, uh, like an Oregon brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have you had um, Dutch Bros? No, is that coffee? Yeah, it's coffee. Uh, so it's it's like the drive up coffee huts. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I know. Yeah, we don't we don't really have any unique chains that I can think of. I, mm-hmm. I, I I can't wait for like any of my Oregon friends to hear this and just absolutely roast me because there's probably <laughs> something obvious that I'm forgetting. But I can't That's right. think of anything. Um, there's yeah. just there's really good food all around Ben though. We have good Mexican food and yeah, and good. Lot, I mean it's kind of into that like kind of granola crunchy hippie organic fresh farm stuff too obviously i mean portlandia the tv show makes fun of that a lot on their show about like the straight from the source produce things like that yeah definitely um there's one a lot of um, micro farms yeah micro farms i'm trying to think there's one that's called like there's like yum bowls at it Mm -hmm. we're really into which is all just like healthy food people seem to be really um into healthy eating there too for sure absolutely a lot of like veganism and vegetarianism i'm sure right but yeah both. definitely i don't like know. both ends of the spectrum like like you said like a little more country so people are definitely eating all sorts of meats and things like that and grilling out but then there's also like the other end of the spectrum yeah but even when people are like you know, not as into that, they're still going out and like killing their own food and eating that, right? <laughs> like my dad is a huge elk hunter. So every, every like season he goes out and with a legit bow and arrow into the woods and just like slays these animals. And then wow. we, we eat like fresh elk meat. So, I mean, that's, that's do you not- have like the freezer in that, in the garage, like the deep, the deep freeze freezer where you like put all the elk meat? um i'm trying to think yeah we definitely do we do have that sorry yeah yeah and um he stores it all in there and you know it's funny so my parents they opened a business which is a like a brew pub it's not their own brewery or anything like that yeah but it's named after one of the elks that he killed it had a name that, that elk is like on like in the brewery so it's just the funniest like most Wait, did it have a name before he killed it? Was it like a notorious elk? No, 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 no. He named okay. it. Named okay, okay, okay. It's not Wait, like and then he had it like he, didn't kill he had like he had like a taxidermy situation and put it in the in the spot. Yeah, because it was his first ever and he had been uh-huh. out hunting for a few years and he had just like missed a few. Yeah. Um, and he has this like pretty epic story that he 
loves to tell around it, but go tell he was it out there. And he, he was standing on the, um, the, the tree, whatever tree stand or whatever, where you, you wait for the elk to come. Yeah. And the tree stand's name was Duffy's Duffy's. And so uh-huh. um, he sees the elk and then he said that he could hear his, his friends that had recently passed that he used to go elk hunting with. So uh-huh. he could hear his voice, their voices in his head kind of talking shit to him being like you better not fuck this one up dick like you better get this one yeah and so he slays the animal so he just named it general duffy's after the place that he was at gotcha gotcha. and also he named it general duffy and then general duffy's is their business now so if anyone goes through or you Mm -hmm. know just wants to to write a a good yelp review go ahead and do that (laughs) okay very cool um but yeah so hunting is definitely part of the culture too i mean people are elk hunting what turkey hunting is there boar hunting in oregon do they do that i don't know of any boar hunting there's definitely turkey hunting um i don't know any boar hunting that sounds yeah uncommon to me but okay uh, i never got into the hunting i a lot of people where i'm from do and they're really into like the hunting camp and they'll go out every every summer and they yeah. have their like hunting friends. I I went fishing more with my dad and yeah, uh, like one of my fondest memories is that we would just take bikes up to the Columbia River, so we would drive like four hours or whatever just to go um, fishing, and then we would take bikes and bike in um, to like a spot on the river wherever we wanted to, and then we would camp out for the night and then just go steelhead fishing for the whole day, which was. Sounds yeah. so nice. That sounds it was really, so nice. really yeah. Id- idyllic. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like, awesome. and, and the stars there are pretty epic too. So we'd like just have these incredible stars. And one of his friends knew literally every single star in the, the universe. So he would <laughs> tell us about all of them. Wow. Um, yeah. And, it, really and nice. it's stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that people like to do. Yeah. Just with their time off and to create that time to just go out and be in nature even, yeah. and, and it's and it's funny because the state is way more mixed than people would think in terms of like liberals and republicans but i think mm-hmm. that like in the in the core of it both types of people appreciate the same thing there right yeah well yeah that's definitely the thing i've learned about like when i'm growing up and traveling and meeting all different kinds of people like people who are into hunting and they're the same people that want gun rights but they also make a huge effort to protect nature because they want to go hunting in nature so they are super into protecting it and then like people on the other side who maybe are against guns are kind of at the court also into protecting nature it's kind of like gotta find like common ground every once in a while people not ignore the things that you actually have in common yeah yeah that's that's one of the cool things because people because throughout the state there's like not a lot of like color diversity like Mm -hmm. it's pretty homogeneously white but there's a lot of diversity in thought that you don't think about because you know what people want in portland is usually not what people want in again eastern oregon where not very many people live so yeah um there's still a lot of like commonalities in terms of like what people value and why they live in oregon despite the fact that there is such a diverse kind of mindset ruling around that right what do you know about the coastline? Because we didn't really talk about that at all. I visited a little bit of the coast. A lot of I just remember like a lot of sea lions and gray 
um, beautiful, but like definitely kind of overcast all the time, lighthouses. And then I also, I've heard about like the sea lion cave. Do you have memories of going there as a kid or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so every, basically every grade throughout, um, elementary school, I think from third, third grade, fourth grade and fifth grade, we'd always have a coast trip. Yeah. And so we'd go over to these places like Newport and Astoria mm-hmm. and do the whole science thing where you're like going to, you know, the marsh. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and like look, touching a, a starfish or, or whatever. Yes. A little Patrick you're poking yeah. in. Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, so we would always do that. I have like pretty, I don't even know. I'm like digging in deep, but a, kind of a vivid memory of the sea lion cave and just how epic that was. Cause there's yeah, apparently it's a the largest lot of sea- them in there. Yeah. 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 It's like the largest sea cave in the world or something. Yeah. Or, I've never been, like, I've been to Newport, but I've never been to the sea lion cave. It's really remote. I mean, it's another one of those things that you have to like make an effort to go to. There's nothing else totally. like along the way. And you, and, and you have this like fat school bus of, you know, like the rambunctious yeah, <laughs> kiddos to, to bring, them through there and we would, we would stay on the gymnasium floor of other schools during that too <laughs> not wild um and um yeah no i love that we would go to we went to the astoria where the, the goonies was filmed so we've seen nice. you know that rock that kind of iconic rock that they have around mm-hmm. that. when and the ship goes sailing the, yeah the ship goes sailing and then the um there's a really cool lighthouse there too yeah a lot of cool lighthouses in oregon yeah, we go um went on uh, a senior trip out there too. Mm-hmm. The coast. I love the Oregon coast. It's just such a different vibe out there and you you kind of feel more piratey, I guess. Yes. Than you do yeah. on any of the California coast cuz Well, the beaches are really deep and wide. Like they have a lot of shoreline from like where you park your car to like where you actually touch the the water. There's yeah. a lot of space. I don't even know. I don't I don't think that anyone really considers a day at an Oregon beach really a day at the beach, right? No, we, we call no. it the Oregon coast. We don't call it the beach. The Oregon <laughs> beach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's rockier, it's cold. Colder, yeah. So it's just totally. a different vibe. When I when I came to California, I was like, oh, this is a this is a beach beach, right? This, <laughs> yeah. this is this isn't what yeah. I grew up with. I, yeah. I can hang out here all day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, like, walk out to an Oregon beach with, like, your sweatshirt and, like, your blue jeans and sneakers, and you're, like, there for, like, a half hour, and you're, like, okay, back to the car. Like, I don't know. And a lot of the people who live out on the Oregon coast are, like, actual fishermen and Mm -hmm. that do that, and Mm -hmm. in California, that's not really the case, where it's predominantly, like, the industry is actually being on the water, you know? Right, right. They're remote. The Oregon yeah. coast is pretty remote. Very cool. Um, I also, um, so Tillamook is near the Oregon coast. And um, and I think Jeez. that that's kind of the, yeah, the more iconic part of, one of the more iconic things about Oregon is Tillamook cheese. Because, yes. Um, but did, did you know I used to, I used to do event marketing for them. Is this the, is this the thing where you drove around in the van? Yeah, so they have these Tillamook cheese buses, and they they were called Yum Vans. Mm. And what they were is Volkswagen buses. They couldn't have to be, like, tiny, tiny cars. And so we would drive them around and then do cheese sampling around California and different states. So this, yeah. that, that was my first job out of college was just promoting and being a brand ambassador for 
for uh, cheese. Overlook. Yeah, for cheese. And then I did it for ice cream too and did like a tour of that. So how did you get that gig? Was it just like you heard about it from a friend? So I had just graduated from the University of Oregon and I actually spent a summer. What did, in, what did you study? I studied advertising and okay. uh, and then I got a minor in business, which yeah. you know what that means. Um, yeah, so that's good. I uh, I was in in Venice, California, and one of my friends from the University of Oregon was was like, "Hey, uh, you don't have a job right now, but <laughs> look at this," and basically showed me the the application and what they were doing. And so I applied, and they wanted to get people who were like very Oregon to be their brand ambassadors, right? Cool. Because, because of the fact that they're out in just random places around the country promoting mm-hmm. a brand. But wanting to make it like, you know, the Tillamook brand, the Oregon Tillamook brand, um, yeah. bringing it somewhere else. So I Skyped them and then they hired me. And so I had to drive back up to Portland. And that kind of launched a career of homelessness, I guess, for me, because after yeah. that, you know, I went into working for G and working as a tour guide. So, yeah, um, it started this like, I don't have anywhere that I live kind of mentality, I guess. Totally. Totally. Let's talk about that uh, to finish this up because I do like to learn about how people travel long term, long distances. You started off doing the travel cheese promotion and then started guiding, but then you also guided in Asia and you also did some independent travel on your own too. So, how did you manage that, and what what were some of the some of the highlights of that life? Because I know now you you're settled in San Francisco and you have been for a few years. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, it was really interesting because it honestly started to feel like um, while I was doing that, that everything kind of just launched into, you know, Mm -hmm. like something new. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started working for Tillamook. And by the end of my time there, I knew that I was going to travel on my own. Yeah. But one of my uh, managers from working at at that gig worked at G Adventures um, in corporate. Okay. So he had kind of talked to me and spoke to me about like the whole experience and basically told me that it would be a really good experience for me. Yeah. Um, So I traveled on my own for a bit. And as that was kind of like coming to an end, I still decided that I wanted to see more, but, you know, have, have more responsibility. And in fact, of like, what am I doing on a day-to-day basis? Mm -hmm. As I'm sure you know, like, traveling's great traveling to escape like <laughs> to escape like a a um like a formula or like a day-to-day process doesn't really work because then that just becomes your new day-to-day yeah so I was getting kind of bored just kind of like where were you where uh, were you traveling during that time I was in Southeast Asia and then Australia but I was just kind of like I want to own something a little bit and I want to have more responsibility in terms of like what I do on a day-to-day basis not just wake up and be like well, where to next? <laughs> so, <laughs> How long did you do that for? I did it for six months. Yeah, so that's a, a long time. Period of time. And that's so a like, very long time. Okay, yeah. okay, that's awesome. So my thought pattern there was like, let me come up with the way where I'm working because I like doing logistics and I like kind of having that responsibility. But then I'm also seeing new stuff. So that's where yeah. guiding came in. And then totally. from there, like, guiding in Asia kind of presented itself because I had been there on my own. Yeah. So yeah, it was just really, you did a full year of guiding, right? Nonstop. 
yeah, nonstop. And it was really just one thing leading to the other and then kind of taking each opportunity as it came and and just going with it, right? Because right. before I went to Asia, I was planning on just, you know, guiding in San Francisco and kind of starting to settle in here, mm-hmm. which I would have happily done too. But then when that presented itself as an opportunity, I was like, well, I better get the fuck out of here because <laughs> yeah. like, uh, let me try this new thing, right? Because you did a little bit of uh, bike tours in San Francisco too, right? Like a little yeah, side I- hustle? I did do that. I did that. And then I did Yosemite day trips and wine trips and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's exhausting. I mean, like the same, the same day trip over and over and over again can be, can be a lot to do this. Like it's one thing to run the same week long tour, but it's another thing to run the same day trip over and over and over again. It's a lot, yeah, I think. Definitely. Well, and it's also just the, I don't know, you get kind of, like, there's not really, like, a tradition around it. You don't have any, mm-hmm. you don't know what days you're going to be working. You don't know how many There's no, yeah, the schedule. So, um, when I ultimately kind of, like, took both feet out of guiding, it was more so because I wanted more, like, stability and to have more, like, of a vision mm-hmm. in terms of what I'm going to be doing um, mm-hmm. on a daily basis and yeah certainty around that stuff absolutely definitely that's very cool uh and now you're settled in san francisco do you ever see yourself moving back to oregon long term i think about this all the time honestly because it is such a great state and especially having grown up there i really understand the people there and the environment that i would be going back into yeah Uh, i just have a hard time because uh it's really homogenous there's a lot of you know, mm-hmm. white people, and, and you do tend to, to gather a lot of the same thought, especially in specific areas, mm-hmm. and, and what I've found, especially with travel, is that I really thrive off of, you know, like, difference of opinions, and then especially, you know, meeting people who grew up so much different than I did, totally. that, um, that I have a hard time seeing myself, at least in the near future, going back to Oregon, but I would like to think that it would be nice to at least maybe own a home up there at some point or, or have some like closer ties that get me to, to visit more often. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, you, it's like, you know what that life is. Like you already can imagine it and picture it and know what that would be like. Whereas if you continue your life in San Francisco, there's just a lot more opportunity for something new. Like every corner you turn, it could lead down a different social path, different career path, different, lots of different opportunities, I guess. And in Oregon, I feel like it's more narrow, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, that's part of it, too, is that maybe I am able to stay down here in San Francisco and go through like a plethora of new experiences. And once I'm done with exhausted that, and, I, and I say, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, let me or, or maybe I move somewhere else beforehand, too. And then when I decide, okay, I'm ready to go back to Oregon, maybe my perspective of all of this has shifted and I'm able mm-hmm. to thrive there in a, in a different way. In a new way that you didn't see coming. Yeah. 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 I think that as we're going through our career path with, with travel tourism and then onto other things, you said it best, like you just, you go with it. And, and I also notice as, I have more experiences, you end up getting opportunities that you never knew that you would come across your path and you didn't know you would be prepared for them when you got there. But then you get there and there's a new opportunity and you're like, oh, I'm a perfect fit. And then you just go with it. And um, that's at least what's been happening to me um, over the last few years for sure. But 
it's important to land where you want to be. You don't want to end up in a place that you don't want to be exactly. And for me, California seems like the best place. And for you too, I'm guessing. Yeah, for right now, yeah. And I think that it's also, you got to be open to, to, you know, shifting that perspective, right? Because yeah. it's it's the place you want to be right now, but, you know, maybe 10 years from now, you're, you've had a shift in, in what you want out of California, so. Definitely. And I think that that's definitely a thread that kind of ties all of us guides together is that we are definitely connected to our homes. It's, a lot of us grew up in places with strong roots and we love where we're from but we're also really excited to experience other places and we're doing that and then slowly but surely people kind of drift back to where they're from but then probably are open to the idea of moving on at some point as well whereas a lot of people never leave their hometowns which is also cool if that's what you're into yeah no i i think that that's super cool a a lot of the people that i know who are still in in bend oregon i i love them and i think that like this, the lives that they've set up, while it, it's not for mm-hmm. me, I think that they've, like, created a lot of really cool color to what they're doing every day. And the way that they value or the things that they value is a r- really good reflection of that. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people who have families and kids and they're, and they're just, like, really crushing it with that, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily for me. But I love, you know, following them and seeing that what they've built within that kind of process yeah and their and their community impact i mean the the these cities is not so much the outdoors but the cities that we love are are we love them because of the people that live in them and make make a home of it yeah i really enjoyed my time in oregon i i think that the cities are kind of little islands really you know so you really gotta like pick one and ride ride it but i had a really good time visiting eugene when i was a student and then I visited Bend a few times as a guest and then as a tour guide as well. And it it's just beautiful. It had a lot to offer. And great shopping, great restaurants, great beer, like a lot of outdoor activities. It's a really nice place to live overall. Yeah, really good cool vibe there. People, people mm-hmm. really get it, I think. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, too. They're always focused on passing city laws and things that are in line with, you know, what what do we value here because it's different mm-hmm. than what people want in other places. Yeah, totally. Very cool, man. Um, I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. What do you think? Any last last thoughts about it? Yeah, no, I'm trying to trying to think. I think that that pretty much covers it. This was a lovely conversation, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of I know people in Oregon are like, don't visit, don't move. But I'm I'm a big fan of people going up there and experiencing it because it really is a unique place. When I listened to your podcast with Chris, I was like, oh, are we going to be covering a lot of the same shit? Because, you know, yeah, I have a Oregon. tattoo of my mountain range. He talked shit on that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have like, a lot of regional tattoos. Your tattoos are very Oregon centric, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's one thing about people in Oregon is that we're super proud. Um, and that, I think that's the difference being from like a state where there's not as many people there. It's like, mm-hmm. um, but people always have tattoos of Oregon or always just hype it in a different way mm-hmm. um, than I see from other places. So I think um, yeah. that's really fun to be a part of, too, especially people in California. That's where I get the most shit is people are, are like... God, you are really always talking about being from Oregon. <laughs> Man, you Oregon people always have your tattoos and always yeah. being super weirdly in love with where you're from. But um, Makes sense. 
it is what it is, I guess, right? Yeah, very cool. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up our episode on Oregon. Thank you so much, Hunter. Thank you, and thank you for letting me harass you into letting me uh, yes. be an interviewee. I love, I love that my podcast is so popular that people want to be on it. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, and cut. All right, that's where it'll end. <laughs> <laughs>